The following recording is a production of Kicking Out at Two in conjunction with the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network and is intended for private use only. For more information, head on over to facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two or our Twitter handle at kicking out two, along with searching Retromania with a W on any and all podcast platforms available to listen to archive shows such as this and all the great content of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Evergreen content at your fingertips anytime at your listening pleasure. And with that being said, we thank you for listening and hope you enjoy the show. Tis the season to be jolly. Follow la 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 la. And welcome to another edition of Kicking Out It Too as we present to you our Secret Santa watch along. That's right. We are going to be uh, we're, we're going to be we're going to be giving you a treat. Courtesy of us here at Kicking Out at Two, and joining me to uh, to to partake in this festive uh, Secret Santa watch along with me, the the my favorite little elf, <laughs> the, the the co-host that helps steer this ship and makes it all happen. My good buddy Dennis J. Levy, what's going on, dude? Dave, always a pleasure. That that um, I'm excited for this episode, like always, and. Uh... Yeah, the, 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 isn't it crazy? It's that time of year already. I know it is pretty wild. I mean, just recently, a few weeks ago, in the month of November, it was seventy-two degrees. Okay. You know, so and now to Connecticut. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? Exactly. And now we're now we're approaching uh, Christmas time. So uh, I thought it'd be fun. We would take some some uh, we would take some of these uh, choices on the, the the roulette wheel that we've been using the last couple episodes, and and add a holiday twist to it, a secret Santa, if you will. Um, so the choices on the roulette wheel from the from the Peacock, the WWE Network. Now, mind you, these are all events that have taken place in the month of December. So we're kind of going with the holiday December theme, if you will. Um, and so uh, the choices are uh, Monday Night Raw from December of 1997. A, any episode, Dennis and I will, will, will choose. WCW Monday Nitro from December of 1997. Dennis and I will choose. Uh, NWA World Championship Wrestling from December of 1997. Primetime Wrestling from December of 1987. WWF Superstars from December of 1992. WCW Saturday Night from December of 1992. ECW Hardcore TV from December of 1997. The... Early inception of TNA, the TNA two-hour pay-per-views uh, from December of 1997. A, a random episode of Impact Wrestling from December of 1997. And Monday Night Raw and SmackDown from December of 19 or December of 2002. So we have um, a bunch of choices. And the last choice on the wheel is the Dealer's Choice. So if Dealer's Choice pops up, then I'm going to let Dennis choose what show we're going to watch from the month of December in that particular year. So we're celebrating the 35, the 30, the 25, the 20 year, and the uh, anniversaries of some of these shows. This is a format we're going to use going forward um, in the the new year in 2023. Occasionally we'll do some, some, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, you know, uh, random shows where we talk about certain topics or a, a watch along. Like, for instance, in January, because we didn't get to celebrate... The 30-year anniversary of the 1992 Royal Rumble match. Dennis and I are going to watch that for you around Rumble season. Uh, get get us in gear for Royal Rumble. I'm going to be going to the Royal Rumble in San Antonio. First time in Texas. My second Royal Rumble ever. So that's going to be a I'm lot so of fun. Mrs. Rosenbluth. Mrs. Kicking out it too, if you will. Uh-huh. She, My 40th birthday coming up in January. She's uh, she, she asked me what I wanted to do. And I kind of threw this out there as a wing and a prayer. And she said, 
Yeah, let's go to Texas. We've Fuck never been mate. to Texas. It, go it, see the Alamo. Maybe find Pee Wee Herman's bike there. You there know you what I mean? The Riverwalk. Um, you know, stuff like that. Never been to Texas. It's got like a very uh, Mexican t- kind of theme and vibe to yeah. it because it's so close to Mexico. So, uh, you know, I thought, yeah, this would be kind of cool to, uh, to, to do that. So that's going to be on the docket for... The month of January uh, on vacation time for Mrs. Rosenbluth and Mrs. Kicking Out It Too, I should say. So, um, without further ado, we're going to spit. You know, all these choices are on the the wheelofnames.com, the the Kicking Out It Too Secret Santa randomizer. And I'm going to spin this and uh, I'll I'll post a picture of it on the social media for all of you um, so that you know it's legit. Or maybe I'll do a video. I don't know. Whatever. Just trust me. I'm I'm not rigging this, okay? Um, this secret saying is definitely not rigging it. So, uh, I'm going to spin it and then whatever the choice lands on, that's what Dennis and I are going to watch. And then Dennis and I are going to choose the date depending on the, the interest of the episode, if you will, um, of the, uh, of that particular show. So it could be a Monday Night Raw from 1997 and it could be December the 22nd, um, of 1997. It's just something random. We're going to go through, um, the, the, the list of episodes. So, without further ado, let's get to the spin, if you will. So, uh, here we go. Three, two, one, spinning. And it's spinning, and it's spinning, and it's spinning, and it lands on SmackDown from 2002 in the month of December. Ooh, I like that. Let's go. I like that. All right. So, while Dennis and I decide what we're going to watch from that from SmackDown in the month of December in 2002, here is a short message from our folks over at the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Hey everyone, this is Dave from Kicking Out at Two, and thank you for listening to this episode as I'm here to remind you of what's to come, courtesy of the folks over at the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network this holiday season. Right now in the archives, you can find the latest installment of Marking Out the Days as the guys cover the 40th anniversary of Ric Flair versus Kerry Von Erich for the NWA world title inside of a steel cage from Christmas night 1982. This match would spark the hottest rivalry in World Crash Championship Wrestling at that time, pitting the fabulous Freebirds and the Von Erichs. And as they say, the rest was history. Plus, over on Kicking Out It Too, we get in the holiday spirit with more Secret Santa watch-alongs and other holiday-themed content to close out 2022. Cool Truth with AC and the crew continue to cover the current-day landscape of pro wrestling with AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, the indie wrestling scene, and much more. Plus, other great bonus content all in the streams coming at you real soon. Search Retromania on any podcast platforms provided for all the great nostalgic pro wrestling content at your leisure. Now, let's get back to our Secret Santa watch-along only on Kicking Out at 2. Hey, everyone. Welcome back, and uh, thank you also very much for uh, tuning in. Um, we have decided during our brief break, um, after careful deliberation, that Dennis and I are going to watch the December 26, 2002 episode of SmackDown. Um, and the, so that is, if you go on your Peacock, you search, you know, go to the WWE hub, you search, you go on the SmackDown, uh, uh, portion of it. It's got, it's SmackDown's 24 seasons. And this is season four, episode 52, it runs one hour, 26 minutes, um, the, the, uh, the, the picture in the, the, the heading shows Big Show um, face-to-face with Stephanie McMahon. So 
that should be um, that should be interesting. Um, this was during a time period it was early in the brand extension in 2002, and they were really starting to set the table for WrestleMania season uh, with Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar and Big Show, and so there was a lot a lot of things going on at that time. Paul Heyman was in the mix too, so this is going to be a lot of fun. Blast in the past, 20 years later, right around the holiday season. Uh, at this this show had uh, aired on uh, on SmackDown, so. Uh, December 26, 2002, Season 4, Episode 52. When I say play, press play, and we will go into this watch-along. In 3, 2, 1, hit play. And we get our open here with the yep. the, the, the global. Um, uh, here, you know what? I'm going to play the audio for the opening for SmackDown. So keep your, keep your audio down. I'll turn mine up. And, uh, yeah, that's about that. You see, Bobby, I always said I could beat any person on this planet, but I'm not so sure I couldn't beat the big show on my own, especially when Paul him in this corner, if it wasn't for you. And I said, if I won this title, you'd be the first one to get the title shot. But you are anytime, anywhere, anyplace. your memory once this video is uh all right so i'll refresh your memory here so at armageddon kurt angle was scheduled to challenge the big show for the wwe championship okay a month prior big show had beaten brock lesnar at survivor series with help from paul Heyman. kurt angle enlisted in the services of brock lesnar to be in his corner um, against um, Big Show, Brock Lesnar would end up helping Kurt Angle defeat the Big Show to win the title, with Kurt promising Brock a title match. Then Kurt Angle and Paul Heyman pulled one over on the Big Show following the win, and therefore Kurt Angle hired Paul Heyman to be his manager. Now, that was, that was how they... I guess set the table for eventually Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania in 2003, a few months to follow. But um, they didn't really turn on Big Show per se. They still Heyman was just basically the manager that was. If you if you look at the trajectory, Heyman was the manager that um, led Brock Lesnar to the title, defeating The Rock at SummerSlam earlier in that year. Then he turned on Brock. Helped Big Show become the champion. Then Big Show lost it, and Heyman aligned himself with Kurt Angle, making sure that he was the champ. He was the manager of each champion, 
throughout the course of his trajectory. So um, once that was revealed, Big Show wasn't really pleased with that. He was kind of um, upset about it. And then, uh, oh, look at that. We got the SmackDown Fist with the holiday-themed episode. I miss the SmackDown Fist. Yes, that was pretty cool. I like yeah. the SmackDown Fist. As this episode culminated, or uh, emanated, I should say, from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um Big Show wasn't pleased that Paul Heyman kind of did, you know, back do, made a backdoor deal with Kurt Angle, but at the same time, um, Paul Heyman kind of convinced Big Show to stay together. Um, as we see the, op- the 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 credit here shows Kurt Angle and Big Show for a championship match later in the evening. He had promised Big Show an opportunity at a rematch at Kurt Angle and the WWE Championship. As we see Stephanie McMahon, Stephanie, the general manager of SmackDown making her way down to the ring. Now, you know what I miss about some, th- some aspects of WWE programming? You know, right now, currently, they have this brand extension on Raw and SmackDown. And they come out, it's the same set, the coloring. It might One might be... The only difference is, is one show's red and the other show's blue. And Raw's three hours yeah. and SmackDown's two hours. I wish they would distinguish what each show was with like different looks, a different feel of things on a production level. Like SmackDown in 2002 had the big fist coming through and the, the, the two screens and everything. And then Raw had just the Titantron with the, the long ramp. So I was, I, I used to like that about the brand extension. They made it different. But in today's world, they, they, they want to save some money, and yeah. so they, they, everything looks the same. And to me, I think that takes away from the actual brand extension. Even though the brand extension really is, it's, it's, a, it's a jumbled mess right now in WWE because you got champions crossing over to different shows. you got guys making special appearances on different shows. It's really, it's kind of in limbo and flux. Um, but uh, any thoughts or memories from 20 years ago, the brand extension, what you initially thought of it, Dennis? Uh, in WWE, I did like where it's, it's kind of like where I loved NXT so much because we had uh, a, a really, really vanilla and chocolate type of thing. And uh, same thing back 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 in the day. Like I, uh, and to be brutally honest, I didn't particularly care for the Raw product back in the same. day. Same, but, same, but 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 I loved the SmackDown product. So so so, so I was like, I'd watch. I watch what was going on in Raw, but I was like really invested with what was SmackDown. So, the Justin day. and I were talking about that on our last episode. We watched the 2002 Elimination Chamber match from oh, Survivor Series. Match. Yeah, the very first one um, on the Survivor Series roulette wheel, and we talked about how SmackDown felt like a fresher product because you had Brock Lesnar, you had Kurt Angle, you had Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Edge, Rey Mysterio, The Big Show, Undertaker. Um, they were, they were, they, it looked like a fresher product, a newer WWE product. Where Justin made a great point. Raw looked like, like the the the, the JV squad from the Attitude Era, where you had Triple H, who was the third string quarterback of the <laughs> Attitude Era, and and Shawn Michaels, um, where they had some mostly established guys on that show, um, with like you know the the occasional like. RVD and Big Show and names like that that were on the come up, if you will. Um, Jericho to some degree. Uh, Raw still felt like it was kind of trying to relive the Attitude Era, even with some of their storylines too. I mean, I brought it up on on the last recording. Katie Vick. I mean, 
was absolutely atrocious. Anybody who thought of that idea was should have been fired. I don't think they were, but they, they shouldn't have had a job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as we see, it looks like Big Show might be out of a job too, by the way. He's addressing Stephanie McMahon. Let's play the audio for this to see what, what's going on here. Right. I'm sure you meant to make that match. Right, Stephanie? Show everything I do, I do for a reason. And unless you want to wind up suspended like Brock Lesnar was, then I suggest you back off! Yeah! You tell him, bitch. Yeah. Now, Paul Heyman did name you as the number one contender to face Kurt Angle last week. But I am the general manager of SmackDown, not Paul Heyman. And I think you need to earn your title shot. Therefore, tonight, you will compete in a number one contenders match, the winner of which to face Kurt Angle at Royal Rumble. Oh, Okay. So this match, Big Show, will be you versus Chris Benoit. Ooh. That's big, and I think that's fair. Chris Benoit? Chris Benoit, that little toothless warrior can't hold a candle to me. He's <laughs> seven foot tall and 500 pounds. Here comes the murderer. Yeah. Is it bad that every time we see him, I always, uh, I always go straight to what could have been? Yeah. Of the victims I do too. And... I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's we've talked about it before on this on this show. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate, and you know it's. Paul Heyman brought up a great point. I saw I saw a, a one man show that Paul Heyman did over in uh, the UK a couple of years ago. It was on. It was a clip that's on YouTube. You can probably find it. And um, someone someone in the crowd who was probably drunk yelled out, "Your boy Benoit" or something like yeah. that at Heyman. And Heyman um, talked about you know yes he had a history with Benoit especially in their time together in ECW when Benoit was working for Paul Heyman. And he talked about how Benoit was going to be a big part of the ECW's growth um, had he not gone to WCW. Um, There was even a a, a story that came out that Paul Heyman initially was supposed to work with Chris Benoit in, in 2002 following WrestleMania, but they changed it and they put Paul Heyman with Brock Lesnar. Imagine... What could have been had Paul Heyman been with Benoit and not Brock Lesnar? Maybe Brock Lesnar might not have risen to the heights that he had, you know, he eventually would reach lot, had it not been with Paul Heyman. A lot of things in life, I like to, I like to kind of flirt with the idea of maybe something. Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar, Peter Butter and Jelly. Yeah, I, that that was that was the right call. Yeah, although I will say this this version of Brock Lesnar currently, you know, Cowboy Brock. Um, you could have gone solo. Like it's it, it's it's working solo. Yeah. I used to say all the time that Paul 
and Brock together are better than a, than apart. And I feel like Brock has grown as such a performer in the last couple of years that this this you know Yellowstone cowboy Brock Lesnar that we're seeing here, this country boy Brock Lesnar, it's it's resonating with the fans, as especially as a babyface. Um, and of course, Heyman's doing a great job with with um, with Reigns. But let me get back on track here. Heyman said in that same one man show, he said, um, you know, fuck Chris Benoit. You know, three people died in that house that night. Two of them did not have a choice, referring yeah. to Nancy and his son Daniel. Um, and I thought that was very, very telling. Um, and, and, Definitely, it kind of puts things in perspective for me when the topic... Because, of course, everybody's going to... You know, if you see Chris Benoit on the screen or if a story comes up about him, everyone asks, should he be in the Hall of Fame? Should his wrestling accomplishments be considered despite the way his life ended in the last 48 hours of his life? I still think no. I, I, I still think no, but I think that... I think over time, especially now that Triple H is in charge, I think that... I think his acknowledgement. I think we'll eventually hear more. Uh, w. We'll hear WWE acknowledge him more in in the same in the in the in the conversation about CTE and and how I feel like WWE will eventually jump on the or they already have to some degree. They will really push the CTE um, narrative when it comes to talents and them trying to prevent them from. Getting to the levels that Chris Benoit eventually did. Yeah. Um, I think over time we'll see WWE partner up with you know a lot of highly respected medical officials um, over the course of um, you know, over the course of time promoting the 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 effects of CTE has in the same way that the NFL does with um, with when it comes to their concussion protocol. Um, WWE has done it um, in recent years, but I think with Triple H in charge, I think it will be a more Open conversation where Benoit will be acknowledged more regarding what CTE did to him, yeah, and and how they're they're trying to prevent that with their athletes currently, as we see Bill Demott, aka formerly known as Hugh Morris, um, uh, on our screen right now. Clips from a match from the previous episode of SmackDown where he got the victory um, in a tag team match uh, with Crash Holly over Jamie Noble and his cousin Nunzio. You remember that? Yeah. When Jamie Noble came on onto the screen in WWE. And I do, yeah. He was the cousin of Nunzio, who was from the full blood Italians. But they were doing some sort of like bully gimmick with um with with um Bill DeMott here. I it, it's it's so funny where it's like the the whole company is stressing anti bullying and then to get the bully like <clears throat> the, the the bully gimmick like well back then they weren't really pushing the uh, but the, the funniest the, the one was the Ryback one was it that that uh they would literally have a commercial of like uh, what's their big thing where where, where be a star be a star and then, then yeah, Ryback's there with kids and then like the next segment he's bullying some backstage exactly. producer <laughs> or, or a smaller wrestler yeah yeah I know the, the irony in that they really didn't. Uh, they really threw kayfabe out the window there. As we're seeing uh, Crash Holly getting a beating from uh, from Bill Demott here. Crash Holly, my opinion, greatest hardcore champion of all time in WWE. I used um, to love those twenty four seven segments where you would find him in like the airport or like the Chuck E. Cheese bounce house, or um, th- those were a lot of fun. I, I I don't disagree with you. I don't even disagree with you. It's just the same. It's the same. It's like. Uh, 
he's the greatest hardcore champion of all time. But to say that's a yeah, that's a badge of honor or, or something, that's ridiculous. Those were fun like segments though. Like you had some seriousness to the program, but like, like there was guys that like it gave some guys opportunity on television. That's a good point. You know? Like the mean street posse, you know, that were that were associated with hey, Shane Justin McMahon. Crumble. Just Incredible had some, you know, Raven, I think, you know. So those those hardcore 24-7 segments, which, you know, eventually they they, they got rid of the hardcore title. Um, actually, later this year, I believe, or earlier in, earlier in this year, in 2002, they got rid of the title. Is that right? Yeah. They, 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 like, unified it with, like, the European title and the Intercontinental title. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely... Um, uh, it was definitely some brought some fun moments to, to the programming. Yeah, that I I do think it's funny. It's like I know because of contracts and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, did they get Sting? Did they get uh, WWF? Of course, I'm talking WWF. You're talking about after the invasion, yeah, yeah, the invasion, yeah, or whatever. They got all these the the, the the guys they got with the Bill Demont. They got the B Squad, <laughs> Mark Jindrak and Bill Demont and. You know the, the the two biggest names that came over from the acquisition were Diamond Dallas Page and Booker T. Yeah, you're right. Everybody else was just kind of. I mean, they would eventually get Scott Steiner, um, not long around this time period yeah. in the in the in the winter, the the, the fall and winter of December, um, or of 2002, I should say. Steiner w- would sign a full time deal with them, um, which was a, I would say a big. Well, yeah, yeah, I'd go say it was a big flop. It was definitely a big flop. I never got Steiner. I really know. You didn't I, like I him like in a singles role? Steiner Brothers, I fucking love. Oh, yeah, great but, 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 uh, but, 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 even, even Rick Steiner solo wasn't that great. That, that, uh. No. But, uh, them solo, both of them, I don't, I didn't see the draw. I really didn't. Even with Scott, Big Papa Pump? I really didn't. Wow. I didn't ever got it. I never got it. I know he, he would, people liked them, but oh, I loved them. I didn't get it. I really didn't. I loved them. I was big Steiner. Oh, look at this. We have here. Bechamel. Oh, my God. Dawn Marie, Dawn Marie. Dawn Marie and Al Wilson, Tori Wilson's father. We gotta play the audio for this. But most importantly, in only one week, it's gonna be our wedding day. In one week, I'm gonna be Mrs. Al Wilson. So I got you something. I got you something too. Oh. It's actually for the both of us. Really? It's by Agatha. Oh my god. (laughs) A video camera. Our entire honeymoon, and then we can watch it over and over and over again. Oh my goodness! I forgot about this. Do you remember this? Of course, yeah. Do you remember how the how it ended? Wait, uh, he died in a uh, heart attack or something, right? During the honeymoon, yeah, because he fucking took all that Viagra, and she was telling, she kept asking him for more and more. Like you know, he banged her like a (laughs) hundred times or something, and he died of a heart attack. The wedding was the, the, the wedding. They they were they got married. They he 
stripped down to his underwear and she was in like like lingerie like you know exchanging vows and shit like it was it was fucking stupid but hilarious at the same time as we see here looks like Kurt Angle uh, suffered a knee injury uh, after SmackDown the last episode in front of our screen here so that's why they 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 set up the Big Show Benoit to to prolong Angle's um, injury status okay. So I think that was kayfabe, or I think it was. I would think it was shoot. I think he did like tweak something, okay. and so they wanted to keep him healthy because they needed him for the Royal Rumble. So that so eventually he had that classic with Chris Benoit at the Royal Rumble in two thousand and three. If you remember that, which is arguably, in my opinion, Chris Benoit's greatest wrestling match ever mm. um, against Kurt Angle. Maybe we'll watch that one day. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Maybe if the maybe the roulette wheel will pick it up. Who knows? I would love to do like a hidden gem roulette and have that cocksucker right now. Just okay. No, yeah, no, no. I, I, I cuss right all the time. Yeah. I cuss all the time. Don't worry about it. You know that. What the fuck? How long have like you been doing this show? I apologize about cussing. <laughs> Matt Hardy. Version I one. love Matt, Hart, uh, Matt Hardy did this era with the, with the Matt Facts and all that other stuff. Yep. Oh, and he had his God. little MF or Shannon Moore. Yeah, I'd love it. That was such a... That to me was such a great way to really establish himself in a singles role because, unfortunately, as a part of the tag team of the Hardys, even though they were popular, everybody looked at Jeff as the guy. Oh, totally. And they didn't give him enough credit. So um, I used to like the little Matt facts here. Like one, this one here says Matt always sticks to his New Year's resolutions. Um, Matt was the MVP of the No Mercy ladder match in 1999. <laughs> that was another great one, too. Um, but yeah, this the Matt Hardy version one, um, with Shannon Moore as his MFer, I thought was some really fun stuff. Even when he was trying to drop weight to wrestle for the cruiserweight title, that was a great, great gimmick. Yeah, oh, that was good. I loved it. I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was excellent. Let's hear. Let's hear what Matt Hardy has to say. You didn't quit. You didn't give up. You're hurt, but you're here. 
don't forget, my last name's Hardy. And I know what it's like to feel pain. And Shannon, sure, you win the ring with Brock. You gave it all you had. Brock beat you, but he didn't break you. And that's what counts. And you should be proud of yourself for that fact. I'm sure that all these people are proud of you for that fact. Yeah. See, that sign says I miss Bret Hart. <laughs> oh, I was Mr. Bret Hart back, so back in 
really does it. Well, it was a few matches, but at least during his time in WCW. Uh, he had a great match at the 1998 World War III pay-per-view against Juventud Guerrera, where they used the different rings during their match. They went from one ring to another. It was that actually, was cool. It was actually kind of cool. Um, and then... Um, there was, uh, at the Starcade pay-per-view, he had defeated both Ray and Hoovy in a triple threat. And then Eddie Guerrero, who was the leader of the LWO at the time, challenged him to a match. And then he had a great match with Eddie following that. It's on the Starcade 98, which, as a matter of fact, Daryl and I actually uh, uh, did a watch-along of that show uh, a couple of years back. So. I don't always give WCW credit, but I used to love when they did that. They did that a lot, too, where it's like, a guy just ended a match... And a like guy an, come like and like, I want to wrestle you too. And like, okay, you know, 20 minutes, let's go. Yeah, I very, love that. Very impromptu. Yeah. So we see Edge making his way down to the ring. Um, Edge, at the, at the time of this recording, Edge is currently uh, out uh, off of WWE programming. They had written him off. Um, injury but, or just? Yeah, it was like an injury angle. Okay. Um, he, had I, lost the, he had lost in the I quit match to Finn Balor. Um, and Good then, way to do and it, then, And then Rhea Ripley had done the concerto to, to Beth Phoenix, his yep. wife. And so it, it looks like that when Edge comes back, he's still got some unfinished business with those fellas over in the Judgment Day. There may be a mixed mix I was thinking that, yeah, maybe something like that. Maybe at WrestleMania we yeah. see him in Beth Phoenix against like Balor and Rhea Ripley or something something to that effect. Yeah. Um, or I'd Dave. say it, though. If you're going to put Rhea in it, she has to go over. has to. I, I would think that Rhea would probably be the one that's really going to shine. Yeah. Um, it seems like she has been in that Judgment Day uh, storyline. Oh, yeah. Why do I love Finny Boy? He, he's not the leader. Come on. No, she's the one that's really... Yeah. You know, and I like that. I don't mind that. I um, think they should officially make her the leader, too. I, I could definitely see that and really add some shine to the yeah. group and, and, and to her as well. You know, she's leading a faction with three other men. Like, like you had, like, you know, Sharon Martell, I think, was the leader of Harlem Heat. But, like... Yeah, like you never had, you never had a female where wrestler was a leader of of, of, of a mix of a mixed gender, like a mixed stage. group. Yeah, yeah. I, that, I, I I think we're gonna see it sooner or later. I'm really, I, I'm really I, yeah. excited about it. I, I can get behind it. Yeah, yeah I fucking love Rhea too. Um, it's also been uh, said by Edge himself that um, he's in the last year of his con his new contract with WWE and. He wants to end his career in Toronto. Um, he wants to have his last match in Toronto because that's where he grew up. He was born there. Um, he started wrestling in Toronto before he he joined WWE. Um, if there's anybody on the current WWE roster that you think would be fitting to face Edge in his final match mm. in Toronto, who would that be? Uh, if we're going to do for like. Let's just say everyone I, I, I represent I represent is healthy or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, just just to say, just have like two cowboys have one one like you know showdown. I mean, you could have uh, Randy Orton, of course, mm-hmm. but like say have like the guy that's rising on top. That's what I'm uh, thinking. Like, like the young guy, like 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 the guy that makes the most sense to me is Matt Riddle. I was I was literally just gonna say yeah. that I was gonna I say mean, Riddle. He's the, one, he's the one that makes the most sense. Yeah. I was gonna say Riddle. Um, Orton's not a bad choice. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing one more match with Cena and Edge um, because they were such good rivals. Um, I never. I, I, as much as I've always wanted to shit on that uh, those matches because at that time I 
hated Cena Bomber. Yeah. I always hated. I was a huge Cena Bomber hater back in the day. That that uh, but uh, the Edge Cena Bomber matches were incredible. incredible. They were. Yeah, they were. They were. They were barn burners. And unfortunately, you know, the audience was so fickle, and they hated Cena, and they were trying to depict Cena as the baby face and Edge as the hated heel. That the reactions were kind of flip flopped at times. Although Edge was. Edge did his damnedest to get some really good heel heat yeah. in that rivalry. Um, yeah, Riddle's a good choice. I like, you know, Orton, Cena. Um, last match in Toronto. Um, I'd even I'd even put like someone like a Drew McIntyre. Maybe another Canadian too. Or, or, or a Bray Wyatt, you know. Maybe Bray Wyatt being the one to, to, to put Edge down for good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think there's 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 loads of possible. Even Rollins, where you know they've had they had great matches last year. Uh, that's definitely something I could uh, I could get behind here. Uh, yeah, this is pretty action packed here with uh, the Guerreros against Edge and uh, Billy Kidman. I'm I'm digging this match so far. This little uh, half clover leaf that Eddie's putting on, uh, on. Oh, nice save by Billy Kidman there. You know what Billy Kidman looks exactly like? I just noticed it now. Jim Powers. He looks exactly like him. <laughs> if if Jim Powers stopped stopped working out, maybe that's what I mean. I mean, yeah. like yeah, mainly facial though. Facial, okay, yeah. I get it. Yeah, the facial. Yeah, there's some there's some resemblance there. I can yeah. see it. Now we saw it too that uh, Jim Powers was like one of those guys that could go either way. Like I really think they could have made him a big star, but that it. Spear two. Oh, oh, nice save by Chavo. Look at that. Who's the legal man? I haven't really been paying attention. Got to be Eddie, right? Yeah, I mean, well, then again, all these... Is, well, that's a good point. This has been like tornado <laughs> lucha rules, practically. So, I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, Edge... Edge's comeback has been nice, I'll say. Um, I was a big Edge guy. Um, I mean, COVID kind of put a, a little damper on it just a little bit uh, when, you know, he, he had to wrestle uh, against Randy Orton at WrestleMania in the Performance Center. Um, but overall, I feel like, you know, Edge working with the talent he's worked with has helped them. Rollins, I feel like, um, has become a, I mean, Rollins is a major player. I think he's very underrated. Um, I think he's just starting to click with the audience, with the, the whole music and the, the singing along to his song and the, the, the opportunist kind of aspect of his character, so, taking a slight resemblance from Edge. I think that's been some fun stuff. Um, even the stuff with Judgment Day hasn't been bad. As we go to commercial break, and looks like we're headed back, and the match has continued because Los Guerreros don't want to lose their tag team titles, so this match has continued. And, and this was also, at that time, too, a rarity that we saw a match like this on television go as long as it did, at least for you know for WWE standards, because Raw, you would get these like two- or three-minute matches, but it was more story, where SmackDown was more wrestling-based. What are your thoughts on, on, on that? that? That seemed to be the thing that distinguished both shows. See, that was always, like I said before, that was like my problem where where it's like, where's the meat when it comes to Raw, you know? It's it's all bread and condiments. and yep. I want the fucking meat. I, li- I like that. You want well, the meat, huh? Yeah, that's what I loved about SmackDown. Yeah. You got all the meat. You got the meat, but no bread. Exactly. On SmackDown. <laughs> and on Raw, you got the bread and condiments, but no meat. Well, there was some story. I mean, SmackDown had a good mixture of story and wrestling. Whereas I guess. Raw was heavy on story. Yeah. 
I mean, but uh, I, I wish that uh, I could, that uh, I wish I wish Edge did. A, I know he was a lot of tag teams, but I wish he did more tag teams. That that uh, that, that when he was like red hot, you know. What as 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 this version of him or yeah maybe exactly as... yeah I mean we all know the well him and Ray were a team for a little bit oh yeah that's a good point yeah they had some good matches with uh, with the Guerreros with Angle and Benoit as a team um, one of my favorite matches that Edge was involved in of all time was where he teamed with Rey Mysterio to take on uh, Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit in the finals of the tag team tournament on SmackDown if it was actually they were the, the match took place at No Mercy. In 2002. One of the best tag team matches ever. In my opinion. It's, it's on my Mount Rushmore of tag team matches. One. Yeah. No Mercy 2002. Edge and Ray against Angle and Benoit. Great match. Even the triple threat that they had at Survivor Series. That involved those two teams plus the Guerreros. That was another great match. They called those guys the Smackdown Six. If you will. Because uh, those were the guys that were really holding their end of the bargain. When it came to the wrestling aspect of Smackdown. Making it, you know, must-see and fun to watch. It's Billy Kidman with the hot tag. Cleaning house on Eddie and Chavo. Los Guerreros. What did you think of them as a team? Loved them. Yep. And everyone now copies it, but, like, when they when they did that finish with the, when they threw, threw the belt, and they would take, one of them had one of the tag team titles. And they would throw the belt. The referee's back would be turned. Throws the belt at at the opponent while the referee's turn and turn around and, and falls the ground. Falls that, and, yeah. Oh, they go DQ finish. Yeah, they, ah, yeah. Ray, Ray Mysterio just did that recently on an episode. I mean, everyone does it now, but like uh, whoever came up with that, unbelievable. I think stuff. it was an Eddie Guerrero thing. Honestly, I think I think I think Eddie Guerrero because he had done it a few times. Did he? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the last televised match he had was against Mr. Kennedy on SmackDown in November of 2005 before he passed away. Nice shooting star that press by good. Billy Kidman, too. Oh, referee gets pulled out by Eddie. And the bell is rung. And we got ourselves a DQ, finally, a, a, a finish here. End of the match. Oh, wait, hold on. Let's, let's hear the. Let's hear what. I didn't know referees had that type of power. Oh, interesting. Yeah, the, the referees could do, could do this the whole time. Oh, wow. Another, a, a, another uh, dusty type finish, except they're going to continue the match here. The Guerreros um, against Kidman and Edge. <laughs> it's been a pretty fun match, actually. Yeah, but I didn't think it was good. It went as long as it did, but this might be another commercial break that we're heading into. Right, it's like Edge, Edge, and fucking uh, Billy Kim and they never won the tag titles. No, okay. I don't believe they did. <laughs> I'm starting I to think they, they might. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, did I forget something here? Like this is like this match has been going on for yeah, quite some time. Come on, go Kim. It's not bad either. This is a, this is a good match. I think I did. Uh, Kim and everyone won it with uh, Paul London. Did they? I think, think they think. did. Yeah, right? I so think I'm they did. To think maybe that was an interesting team. I like that tag team. They were pretty good. And then they turned out to be jobbers at the end. It was so stupid. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Another shooting star press. Where's Eddie? Yeah, yeah where the hell is Eddie? kicked off the... Oh, I think he's coming up. 
Like, there, yeah, there he is. is. Oh, out to the floor. Edge tosses Eddie in. And we've got chaos. Pandemonium, if you will, as the late great Gorilla Monsoon would say. Oh, Miss Gorilla. Yep, one of the best. Absolutely. Also some great matches Eddie and Edge used to have as singles competitors. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, no DQ. Are we going to see a DQ? Yeah. Now the referee's got no choice. But no, there's no oh, DQ. Oh, wait a minute. That's right. There no is no DQ. DQ. What am I thinking? Why is he, why is he pinning? Oh, he's not the legal man. Billy Kidman's the legal oh, man. Oh, good story. Although, does it really matter? Because there's no disqualifications. Why there, Why does there need to be a legal man? As long as a pinfall is made. That's interesting. And you know no DQ... No DQ like uh, tag. You got to do a tag for a finish. That's a great fit. Two. Oh, Eddie with the save. Yeah. Why did? Yeah. I don't get that. Hmm. Why does that have to be a thing? If there's no disqualifications and there's essentially no rules, why does there need to be a rule of a legal <sighs> guy in a tag team match? That's interesting. The one I used. The, the one that drives me the the nuts. The, the, the one that drives me the most nuts. No disqualification. And someone does a submission hold to get to the ropes, and the ref counts. That my mind. Oh, gets, like the ref, like yeah, the rope break. My, my, my mind gets blown. And yeah. it's like, and, and, oh, and, what we got here? The A train. I love A train. Whoa! That is finisher. No, maybe. I don't no, know. No, finisher was like he choke slammed you, almost like a double choke slam. Yeah. No DQ. Eddie with oh, the frog good. splash. Chavo, the legal guy in the match, and it looks like we might be nearing the finish finally of this pretty wild tag team match, too. Three. That was a good match. That was a good match. I enjoyed that. I, I totally forgot that, you know, that they... I mean, there's a lot of things I've forgotten. I've forgotten more about wrestling than some people know. <laughs> and this is one This is one of those yeah. moments where I was like, damn, I forgot about that. I know that they were um, really beefing up A-Train. At one point, I think he had a brief association with Paul Heyman as his manager. If I'm, if I, he was like him and Big Show were like, I kind like of a, vaguely remember that. Well, they, they him and Big Show were, were wrestled Undertaker at WrestleMania later, you know, in, uh, in the months to follow in yeah. the handicap match because they had Nathan Jones as the tag team partner, but he sucked as a wrestler, so they made the match a handicap. He really did suck. Yeah, he was awful. But that was there. That was yeah. them trying to. Take some guy who looked so impressive physically and turn him into a wrestler overnight. And God it bless just didn't the work dude. Out. And within that, that given when two years later after his stint in WWF, the dude was like in every fucking action movie. Yeah, he's fucking nuts. Well, look at this here: the best of 2002 Raw SmackDown this Monday on the new TNN, and you see uh, Rock and Hogan, which was the highlight of 2002 in my opinion. Oh, was that, totally. was that match from WrestleMania. Totally. Which you can find in the archives at the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Justin and myself uh, uh, did a watch along of that earlier this year um, during WrestleMania season. As we see, it looks like a, a still picture of Brock Lesnar um, being the one to cause the injury to Kurt Angle. Michael Cole and Taz at the announce table. What did you think of them as a pair? They're, they are going to, in the next five years, get lost lost in the time of shuffle, whatever you want to call it. But... I enjoy them immensely. And, and I've never been that big of a Michael Cole fan. Yeah. But that Michael Cole and Taz are by far my favorite partnership with Michael Cole. I think Michael Cole is very underrated when it comes to um, as a performer. But see, I think he's rated, believe it or not. I don't think... I think he gets a lot of unwarranted hate. And I think that comes from the fact that he was the guy that came after Jim Ross. That's a good point. I, that, I, that's right. I mean... 
I, I think him and Taz brought the best out in each other on commentary. I also liked his pairing with JBL. I thought that was good. Um, I could have done without him some of the stuff he did with him and Corey Graves, although I think Pat McAfee has helped Michael Cole and, and as, a, as a commentator and brought some of the best work out of him. I mean, Michael Cole's call of the match with Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania was some of the best stuff he'd ever done. I thought it was... he. He, uh, you watched it with me in the living in, yeah. in, here in the basement. Uh, we were just—I had a lot of fun watching that match. I thought it was a lot of fun. That's just me personally. I really did. I thought it was, and Michael Cole's commentary I think helped that. I just think Michael Cole does it too safe. Where, where I know, I know you're, I know that you could probably list a hundred, but but me personally, I can can't say. Oh, that match Michael Cole called was awful. But then on the other side, I can't think of like. Oh, that Michael Cole match was absolutely phenomenal. He called. I just think he's just too safe to play for a guy. Where it's like, I, like where, where I just think he's okay. And he's like, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna like. I think he's good. I think he's better than what people give him credit for. But I do. I think he's one of the greats. No, I don't. I don't. I, I think he he's. Like, I think like, I think he's really good, but not great. He has like, like that longevity of. Uh, as that he is a great, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, his longevity with you know over twenty five years on WWE programming is 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 unbelievable. Um, but anyway, I think it's because because he does it safe. Vince Vince knows and uh, Triple H knows. Well, Vince also used to produce the shit out of him on, on commentary. I mean, you know, it was it was sometimes unbearable to listen to him. But I think because. He's more organic in his role now, and he also has great chemistry with someone like Pat McAfee. I yeah. think we're seeing a better version of Michael Cole on commentary um, as the play-by-play guy, the lead play-by-play guy. Why do you think? Okay, now, now, now we will admit that, like, you know, Vince McMahon was like, you know, he overproduced him. You know, like, why would Vince want that? You know, Vince is a smart guy. He knows that was shit. because Vince because Vince wanted. Vince micromanaged. Vince wanted total control of his show. And if that meant that's how he were to, um, if that's how, you know, he wants to produce his talent, Vince is going to do that. It's his show. He, he, he runs, he runs the carnival. He runs the circus at the end of the day. Um, so we're watching clips from what took place following SmackDown going off the air. Brock Lesnar attacked by Kurt Angle and Big Show, then just making a quick comeback. And now it looks like we're going to see where he initially injured Kurt Angle's right knee um, to set up the injury angle for him to be um, uh, off television in an in-ring capacity. But still remain as champ. And this would explain Brock's absence, being suspended. And Kurt Angle's the heel, right? Yes. All right. Because it was revealed that he had hired Paul Heyman to um, to help him become the champion. Or no, he hired Brock to be, help him become the champion, but then he in turn aligned with Paul Heyman after he won the title and had kind of fucked with Brock and, and his title shot and, and ditched him. Um, so that is that there. Um and that sets up obviously their big showdown Ooh, for good. WrestleMania. Yeah. But in the meantime, he needs someone that, you know, is gonna give him a good match heading into the WrestleMania match with Brock. And at that time Benoit had credibility and 
So that's where it led to him and Benoit um, at the, uh, winning, uh, you know, or at the Royal Rumble. Benoit would beat Big Show on this episode of SmackDown to get to that match. I do remember Spoiler that. alert. Everyone knows that, though. As we're watching it. So we see Brock stalking Paul Heyman up the ramp. Heading into the continuation of their rivalry. Yeah. You think they would they should they would open the show showing this footage? I think that would have been, been yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess they needed something to And why didn't they just show it on why didn't they show it on last week's episode? Well, because they they're saying they're they're saying that this this took place after SmackDown went off the air. So oh, if you look okay. at the time, it's just ten oh six p.m. last yeah. Thursday after SmackDown. So they're 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 hyping this up almost like it's like exclusive footage, never before seen. So they pick the opportunity where they want to place it on the show um, and try to make a big deal out of it. <laughs> Poor Kurt Angle. <laughs> it's a, it's I guess in a way time filler. For their show, which I don't know if that was if they meant to do it that way or if um, or because you know SmackDown used to be taped or if they decided to um, after SmackDown. Oh, he's gonna go for it again. Oh, oh. now that looks like it really hurt. Yeah, the knee to the, the the guardrail. I mean, it all hurts in some form or fashion. Who am I to say it? All right, doesn't hurt. Two but. men walking into a cage. One man, one one man walking out. Angle, ninety seven, ninety six. Kurt Angle versus I don't know. Brock Lesnar, USC. Who 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 walks out? Ooh, that's tough. <clears throat> that's real tough. That's a good one. I like that. Ninety seven, ninety seven. Or Olympic gold medalist yeah. Kurt Angle, nineteen ninety six. Yeah, no broken neck. No Maybe. broken neck. Yeah. Brock Lesnar. UFC Brock Lesnar? Yeah, UFC Brock Lesnar, yeah. In a cage. In a cage. Shoot fight, legit. Shoot fight. It said something about his mama. It had to go on. Oh, man. I mean, both are great amateur wrestlers. Both, you know... I don't know what Kurt's striking ability was like at the time. Yeah, he's probably going to give it to Brock. I think Brock would get the slight edge over Kurt in this one. Even Brock's bigger... Better, you know, on par in terms of the amateur wrestling yeah. um, abilities. And how about that one time, too? And I, 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 I forgot about that. The, the, the kid that died, he was a UFC guy. And uh, they had that shoot thing with uh, Angle and the blonde hair kid. He didn't die, though. I thought he died or something. No. But yeah, Daniel the, Pewter? Yeah, Pewter. Did yeah. he die? I thought he died. I'm going to look that up. Like a brain aneurysm or something. No, I think you're thinking of. Um, the tough enough kid that that beat up that got beat up by Bob Holly. That's the one. Yeah, that's a different kid. Yeah, uh, I look I up Peter too. Though. I think Peter might have died too. Could uh, could be wrong. I'm gonna look up Peter right now. I don't think he. But died. no, you're right though. Once once you said about getting beat up by uh, Bob Holly. Yeah. Yeah, the other kid, the other kid died. Yeah. Um. Oh, he's still alive. What's he doing to himself, you know? Fuck if I know. Okay. Fuck if I know. That's for sure. Yeah, because that's the only thing I remember. Like, uh, him nearly breaking the Kurt Angle's arm, for fuck's sake. Yeah, that was a that was a legit shoot that they... Uh, that was a dumb idea. Anytime there's legit, legit shoots, I think that's so stupid. It doesn't, yeah. 
Like the brawl for all was a, a legit shoot at one point. What is it? Kurt and then guys got hurt so much that they had to kind of work it. Okay, Kurt Angle, this fucking big star, right? Yeah. Listen, forget about Puner. Let's say the week before, you know, you know, John Smith, 185 pound guy, right? Mm-hmm. Little did they know though, this guy is a black belt in judo. Fucking taps out Kurt Angle. Now what the fuck you're supposed to do? Well, both of them. Well, yeah, they they they, they put themselves in a situation where. I mean, they had no choice. Like, yeah, they didn't realize how skilled Pewter was on yeah. an amateur wrestling level. Have you fucking tapped up? What the hell are they supposed to do? So, I mean, they had no choice but to but to kind of rework the situation. Uh, as we see Kurt Angle out on crutches. Legit injury. Um, like I said, this is their way of um, you know keeping him on TV as the champ, but writing him off from an in-ring perspective. Um and this was all, you know, this is interesting because Kurt Angle during this time period heading into WrestleMania, um, it was a lot of touch and go. I mean, he, you know, he had, he was scheduled to face Benoit at the Rumble. So he had this, you know, this, this, he got his knee worked on so that he could have the match with Benoit. And then going into the match with Brock. His neck's all fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And he might not be able to have that match. And if and at one point he wasn't supposed to wrestle Brock. They told him no, we're not going to re- we're going to we're going to change things up. We're going to do something different. The the original plan B for WrestleMania was Angle was going to lose the title on TV and then it was going to be Brock and there, at least what was talked about yeah. was Brock and Benoit at WrestleMania. Not a good match. But Angle said, no, fuck this. Yeah. I want to have the match. And then I'll go have the surgery after the match. And the I'm ironic so the ironic part is, is that everybody was so worried about Kurt Angle's condition going into the match and how yeah. Brock was gonna, you know, if, if Brock was gonna be able to take care of him because Brock was just such a big mass of a human being when it came to his skill in the ring that everyone was afraid Kurt Angle was going to break his neck again from from working with Brock and it was Brock that almost broke his neck when he did that stupid yeah. fucking shooting star press I'm so sad about that you take that fucking shooting star press on that match I think it might be the best WrestleMania match of all time really, really alright that botch is so bad though you can't oh it is pretty bad you, you can't yeah you can't go behind it it is pretty bad no one I mean I mean over dramatic, but it, it would have been a classic WrestleMania match. Yes, classic. I do. I do agree. I do agree. Yeah, th- that you I agree. You can't put in classic. You can't do it. Can't no, do it. because of that box. box. Yeah, no, it's hard to make. It. it was a great match before that spot. Yep, it hey, was. Burt Kurt does all this fucking shit. And this motherfucker does it. Yeah, yeah. He works his ass off to 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 help put Brock over. But anyway, they probably match. when they produced the match, I bet you Kurt said, "What a great idea! Let's do it." Because I guess Brock used to do it in OVW. Yeah, a I, couple I, of times. I've seen. I've seen I, remember, I don't know if I've seen it afterwards, but 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 I definitely seen seen uh, Brock hit that move a thousand times. I remember watching that at a buddy's house, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this dude's dead!" Like, how is that even possible? How is that? A thing? I was one of the few times too. You're absolutely. I thought that was like, yeah, we saw a guy get injured. Yeah, one of the few I times I like, really thought that. Wait a minute, he's moving right now. Like he should be dead. Oh yeah, they got. He has such a, a he has such a huge neck and shoulder. Yeah. Um, you know, he's so massive that like 
all those 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 shoulder presses and and saved his life absolutely yeah his 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 workouts and the transforming of his body over time just I mean it saved him and if you, you think look about at that it. at best you and I would be you and I would yeah, be sucking food through draws. a straw for the rest of our yeah, lives we're or draws if we're not at dead. best at yeah. best we're draws pissing through a bag for the rest of our yeah. lives if not dead yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> I'm actually stunned. So, so I'm stunned of two things, and it's football and wrestling related. Okay. That we never. I mean, we have Owen Hart, obviously, but like, but like, wrestling, Apollo Driver, uh, Suplex. I'm shocked that we never saw someone die in TV before. I'm stunned. With with the the type of moves there. Yeah. yeah I mean, the closest we've seen that poor girl, fucking Julia Hart. Holy shit! When you Julia Hart, that 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 um, she's uh, the one with um, Malachi Black. Uh, oh, she's on AEW. That, that uh, my god, if you super slow mo that fucking shit. I don't know what happened to her. She she almost broke her neck. What I mean, happened like, to her? That uh, so I'm, I might have missed that one. It's weird, like the the ring. So so she, so, she, so she's a uh, so so the tag team match or triple threat match or something, right? It's the House of Black and, and Julia Hart managing versus some guys. She's on the rope trying to get to get a distraction, right? But but the thing is, she's got to get a ball. Oh, is he talking about the table spot? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, from uh, from uh, AEW, the Grand well, Slam. I was going to say, that's the closest we've ever seen someone get dying. In modern era, last 10 yeah, years. She, yeah. That's that was, the closest we've seen someone get killed on That was a hairy TV. one. Yeah, that was a hairy oh. one. Yeah, I, I got to admit, that was a hairy one. I remember, stupid as thing is. I remember you brought it up in a text message in our group chat, and... I didn't. You know I, mean? I didn't see I'm the match. I'm very defensive of the female wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, uh, and here's this 110 pound girl. Probably wouldn't even break the table even if she fucking hit it. Yeah. And like, I see. I get. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a bad one. That was a bad one. You know. Um, I'm just. I'm just saying though. Football. Football in. Uh, especially, dude. Are you football in the 90s? Oh my god, those headshots people yeah. used to get. I'm stunned. We never saw anyone die. I mean, football. Uh, or, the closest or thing wrestling. we saw to death on the football field was Joe Theismann in his career after Lawrence. That's his leg. Actually, I know, but still, he never played again. Actually, the, the um, it was a big story. I remember they made that Fox of all of all, uh, but uh, the the life of uh, Dennis Berg. Have you ever seen oh, the Dennis yeah, Berg? I remember the Dennis Berg story. Yeah. That ooh, that was a bad one. Uh, I remember that. Let's uh, let's play the audio for this promo here. It looks like this is. Paul Heyman um, introducing um, Kurt Angle to a contingency plan or an insurance policy for him to keep the championship while he's injured. So uh, let's take a listen. I have what they call a contingency plan. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> Look at that. This contingency plan, Kurt Angle, this concept is called Team Angle. Team Angle. Love these guys. I do remember saying, who are, the, who are these fucking assholes? I do remember saying that. God, I love these guys. I think you said that. Who are these guys? Captain 
from Seton Hall University and a wrestler that is going to be crafted in the very image of my Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. I present to you, sir, Charlie Haas. And just to make it personal to Brock Lesnar, I did a Minnesota. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, I, I like Team Angle. I thought this was a nice added touch to Kurt yeah. presentation. It had the they when they came out in the track suits and it's very. I mean, now we see today it's the, you have something similar with this um, this Alpha Academy Chad Gable. Even though he's got Otis and he's trying to transform Otis Otis into this you know super Olympic athlete. Um, this here I thought was a great presentation. Haas and Benjamin instantly were great as a team. Um, little known fact, if you weren't aware of this, the original concept for Team Angle, um, or at least Charlie Haas's original um, arrival onto the main roster was, was supposed to be in a similar type of gimmick uh, with, with the athletic um, collegiate amateur wrestling look, but with his brother Russ, Russ Haas, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years prior. Oh, Dude, and no, and yeah, they were, they were, they were twins. They were both in the developmental system. Okay. They were in Ohio Valley Wrestling, and um, Russ had passed away a couple of years prior, um, which then set back Charlie's trajectory, but they put Charlie with Shelton, who in OVW, um, Charlie, or I'm sorry, Shelton was tag team partners with Brock Lesnar. They were known as the Minnesota Stretching Crew, because they were both roommates, uh, college roommates at the University of Minnesota, and they kind of had that like varsity look college wrestler presentation to him. Um, so putting these two together, they were instantly a good team. Uh, had some great matches with the likes of the Guerreros. Um, uh, Benoit and Rhino, I think, were a team at one point and faced them off, faced off against them. Uh, yeah, I liked the, I liked this here. I thought this was great, and it really helped. Oh, SmackDown! Oh, no, Funaki! Next week, sighting with oh wait yeah remember bull buchanan yeah it was like his little yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like b squared or something he was pretty good in the, yeah b, set, b2 uh, with john cena this is too. look at this this is a wow really blast from the past i, I like, forgot i forgot these two were together yeah it was the what the right to censor there we go let's hear cena i'm about to take a freestyle 
Describing this Jedi master of thugonomics. So listen up and give me a freestyle beat. Yo, yo, he speaks softly. He swings a steel chain out of your brain. A man of many names, like B2, physical version of R2D2. Beat you and your crew, always soft, never see through. Back up, kid. Yo, I know that you're scared. Another name for my man right here is B Square. That's B to the second power, case you didn't get it. Beat you so bad, make your family look pathetic. Roll the credits, yo, the fat lady sing. Rock the mad ice, that's why they call him Blade Blade. You get it? Yo, he's my right hand man. Treating me the army in a week's worth of planning. Enough of that. Yo, we coming to y'all. I'll let Bull finish this one off. Booyah! Oh my god. There we go. Oh my god. I can't believe that that was a thing. That's hilarious. And to see how far Cena has come. Yeah. Who the fuck <laughs> Who the fuck said <laughs> when, when, when he did that rap song right there and said, "Yeah, yep, that guy is going to be the, the future." The future. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've heard I, I've listened to Jim Ross's podcast a number of times and he's told the story where he he signed when he signed John Cena, he went to Vince's office and he said, "I just signed, you know, a future WrestleMania main event." And they they obviously saw, you know, Cena came from that class of, you know, from Ohio Valley with him and uh Brock, uh Batista and Randy Orton. Those yeah. were the four studs out of that group and you know, they had a vision for him, and they they, they weren't they they weren't holding back. They they gave him multiple opportunities, and I Cena's told the story where like there was a rumor of of a list of guys that were that they were going to cut, and he had heard that his name was on that list, and he he was on traveling with the crew for a European tour. And he did some sort of like famous rap battle in the back of the the the, the 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 tour bus with all the wrestlers. And Stephanie McMahon noticed it and said, "You need to do something with that on TV because that was good." And there's the infamous um, Halloween party on an episode of SmackDown a few months before this, where Cena's dressed up as Vanilla Ice and he does this <laughs> rap. And I do remember that. Yeah, that was good. And then that's where this this character was born, and it blossomed. And then eventually he become, you know, this he was he was a rising star. So to think that if Stephanie McMahon did, and I'm not saying it was Stephanie McMahon that discovered yeah. this, this this greatness, because I think people saw something in him, but he just needed to do the work. They needed to find something that helped him connect with the audience. If Stephanie McMahon didn't notice, you know, that rap battle. In the back of that tour bus, who knows? Who knows where John where John Cena yeah. would have been? Have you seen any movies that John Cena has been involved in? That's a good question. Uh, I've watched a couple of episodes of the TV show. Really good stuff. I highly what, recommend it. What TV show? Um, uh, Peacemaker. Okay. That, that um that superhero movie. Oh, or TV so, show. It's yeah. really funny. Really good. Okay. Highly recommend. I've not seen it, but yeah, um, you have HBO Max. I, I do not. That, that, but um, I'll, I I think. Um, I think my son does. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll steal his password. But yeah, Peacemaker, uh, that I highly recommend. Uh, but movies, um, I think I've seen a few where he's in it, but like for a couple of lines, and that's it. Okay. Um, I've not seen his involvement in Fast and Furious. Um, I know he's been in a couple movies, had a couple of roles, like bit parts. Oh, here we oh, go, Funaki and Tori Wilson. Father, uh, Lucy, 
That was her real dad. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, she just died a couple years ago. This dude? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Of old age, I think, but... Yeah, that's 20 years ago. He looked like he was... Yeah, he, was, he, yeah, he looked 70. like he was, on his, he was on the back nine of, uh, <laughs> of, 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 of his time. Oh, my also. God. The funniest line I heard... So, 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 so you know I got fired for, for, from the Sheridan. Now I'm working... You was working at this place called BJ's. I quit because it was crazy. Didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was there for about a month. But anyway, I'm listening to to, 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 to this guy, guy kind of uh, like hit on this middle-aged woman. And, he, and he's like, and he's like, uh, hey, how old are you? And they were talking sports. So, 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 so they did so sports knowledge. He goes, how old are you? She's like, you do ask the lady her age. And he goes, oh, you're playing the back nine, are you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was amazing. So, so, so you're working now? <laughs> no, no. I'm unemployed. Taking taking some time off? Yeah. You're in career transition? Yeah. Okay. Yeah it's, yeah, it's funny. I had the same job for 20 years, and then I got fired and quit. Good, uh, two separate jobs. Anybody out there listening, you want a good bartender and a good server in the restaurant business? This is your guy right here, I appreciate Dennis, Dennis it. J. I appreciate Levy. It. He's he's loyal as the day is long, hard worker. Um, he'll he'll be honest with you and give it to you straight. Maybe that's why he's you know, no longer <laughs> been in a couple of these uh, restaurant establishments. But you'll that's have what some, did happen. You, yeah. You'll have somebody that uh, is, it will definitely be there for you in a pinch. No doubt uh, about it. Team player. Well, team player. I'm trying to. I'm, I might actually go out of the restaurant industry. That's why I'm taking my time. But we'll see. Okay. We'll see. All right. We'll see. 
But anyway, I just wanted to share that joke. Oh, no, I appreciate it. The greatest thing about about, about bartending is amazing jokes. Yeah, yeah. The the conversations, the banter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it. As we see our... um, one of our combatants in the main event, Chris Benoit, um, being interviewed by Josh Matthews. Even like the, the backstage sets, like the interview area, you, um, that used to be kind of cool too. You know, the the, the setup and everything. Yeah. Where the guys would stand backstage. Now it's just like a curtain with a little TV behind it. You know, like it's. I, I don't know. I just. I thought the presentation. Obviously, it's much better back then than it is now on a production level. When it comes to distinguishing the brands. Um, uh, excuse me. That's a very unprofessional podcaster-like of me to burp on the air. Oh, oh well, fuck it. Um, but yeah, this is uh, Benoit here setting up his match with Big Show later in the evening. Winner faces Kurt Angle at the Royal Rumble for a shot at the undisputed WWE Championship. Should we listen to it? But now nah, we're not going to listen yeah, to Benoit to say we're, we're going to talk. Too late. Over. Yeah, too late. Too late. We're going to we're going to talk over Benoit. Um, where were we? Uh, before we talked about your employment status or lack thereof. Um, yeah, John Cena movies. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, I, think, I don't know. I just can't think of any. Like, what John Cena movie? Have you I seen? think I've there was. I forget the name of the movie, but it was some movie where um, he was uh, he was like the father of like this girl and. It was like her prom night, and he had found out through like her text messages that like she was gonna score with some dude. I seen the commercial, you for know, this, yeah. yeah. So like, I forget what it was called. Yeah, but, uh, was it was, funny. Was, he, was he, yeah, he was funny. He killed it. It's like this, you know, this like, you know, overprotective dad, you know, and he had like a comedic, you know, his comedic timing's pretty good. He's a very good public speaker, and I'm not surprised that he's getting the roles that he's getting in 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 Hollywood and becoming a big star, um, on that level. As we see Kurt Angle giving Big Show a pep talk before his match with Chris Benoit. <laughs> um, no team angle there to to to, to accompany him. But um, yeah, it looks like we have reached our main event here. Um, with Chris Benoit making his way down to the ring to take on... Well, it's the Big Show! <laughs> you know, we'll play the music for that. Because the, the Big Show's music was... It was pretty awful, I must say. So, I, I kind of thought the same thing. So, what does AEW do? It pretty much clones this fucking song. They've fucking cloned, they've cloned a lot of their song, A lot of songs from guys that have, you know, have a history. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they have, like, some sort of generic version of Mark Henry's, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, they even use some of the TNA themes. I think they, they, they purchased the rights to some of the, the, the old... The, the production company that works at AEW, I think, had the rights to some of the old music that TNA used to use. Yeah. So, like, Christian would use his TNA theme when he comes I out. Like Here, here's Big Show. Give him the dick. 
There we go. Right in, the, right, right in the nuggets, as Mr. Dennis J. Levy there would it say. Is. Yep, <laughs> right there. Ding dong. Well, it's definitely a good reaction. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah, she she sold it pretty well. I've always been kind of a big fan of Stephanie. I've never been ashamed of it. I think she's as a character, she's been useful in spurts. Anything long term with her and it could get kind of watered <laughs> yeah, down, dried yeah. out. Same thing with most of the it's McMahons right. when they put them on TV. And I love much liked her as a baby face and then a heel. Really? Yeah. Because she's better su- suited as this fucking conniving evil See, bitch. I don't agree with you. I thought her best role she ever did was like when she was a GM during during the, like that um, during this time period. Yeah, yeah, the Zach Gowan type type type. type yeah, type. yeah. I loved. I liked that. Did she said uh, she was feminine? But she was strong, and like, 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 like. She played it well. I'll say that. I don't disagree that she played the, like she the, was the baby face. I thought the, she was. I thought she. She. she it was just so hard. Like, like, like at times she had to be vulnerable, and at times she had to be strong. Yep. And it's believable. I just really, really enjoyed it. I really did. I, I didn't. I didn't I, mind it either. That, that, that's but opinion. I think she's the. I think she's better suited as the heel. I guess so. I guess that's because the authority is kind of always. A majority of the time, it's a better heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a better, uh, but uh, but I really did. I for for a few times, I enjoyed a babyface authority was Stephanie McMahon. Mm-hmm. And imagine now, you know, talk real life for a minute. Imagine now, she these last several months have been, you know, very busy and huge for her. Uh, you know, her 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 father's involved in. Um, a hush money sex scandal. Yeah, twenty million. Dollars. Which then leads to twenty million. His, 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 his uh, her, you know, um, her being um, promoted as co CEO with Nick Khan. Yeah. Um, then the removal of her father from the board, and then eventually his retirement. Even though he's got you know controlling shares of stock in the company, he still makes money. Um, he's just not an active member of the board anymore. Um, you know that's got to be you know, a lot on your plate. I mean, I remember a few months back before the the hush money scandal came out with Vince. Um, she announced on Twitter she was taking a leave of absence from the company, and then they brought her back not even a couple of weeks later, and it, because her father was involved in this this uh, this controversy. Um, and to think now that. You know, she's the she's the head. She's the you know, her and Nick Khan are yeah. the the two one, the ones calling the shots. Hunter is obviously running the creative aspect of it, and he's in charge of that. Um, while on the business side, um, Stephanie is the one that's making you know all the deals with the advertisers and the marketing and the and the corporate. She's she's involved in the corporate structure. So what exactly is Nick Khan doing? He's he's. He's doing the same thing she does. They just share the title of co-CEOs. Um, he's, you know, helping with the television deals and helping them save money. And, um, yeah, it's... Um, it's an, I, I mean, me personally, I'm excited where WWE is headed and where they've been the last several months with Vince McMahon, you know, out of power, all gone from the company. Um, I think Hunter is really trying to cater to the fans and really trying to... Um, to uh, bring back that goodwill between you know the the 
the hardcore fan base. Yeah. Not the not the casual fans, but the hardcore fan base that had given up on them for quite some time when it came to their creative. Yeah, when you see, I I think it's always funny where the WWE at least what do we actually know what they say in the back rooms, but like the rumors have in the back rooms are like, oh, the hardcore fans they'll always watch, you know. But when you see the ratings, obviously the hardcore fans are not watching it anymore. No, I mean it's. I mean, but you also got to look at too. Like it's different with um, with how people view television. I mean, there's multiple ways in the advent of DVR and things like that. You have to admit that's true. I'm not saying that like there's much more out there on the entertainment scope than just wrestling. You know, there's much more. I mean, reality television. I think played plays a big part in why so many fans have turned off from wrestling but by today's landscape and the scope of of television viewing because it's so different with streaming and dvr and things like that i think wrestling is in a good place um will it will we ever see it where every monday night eight million nine million people are watching monday night raw no i don't think we'll ever see that um but i think it's a healthy industry because there's so many there's multiple places for guys to work yeah you know wwe obviously being at the top of the the, the food chain you know you have AEW second and you know there's there's i i think it's i think the business is healthy and i think with triple h and stephanie at the helm and nick khan i think they're making wwe a healthier place to to be and a more viable option for guys that wouldn't have had that option a number of years ago you know, smaller guys, True. More, more guys on the independents. You know, um, I like, I feel like we're watching Benoit Big Show here. Whoa, yeah. nice German suplex by Benoit to Big Show. Um, had it not been for smaller guys like a Bret Hart or a Shawn Michaels, Chris Benoit might not have had an opportunity um, to be featured uh, on a main stage like WWE. And then, you know, you move on from Benoit to names like a Daniel Bryan or a Bryan Danielson and the CM Punk. You know, guys like that I don't think would have had been able to um, be showcased had it not been for the success of like a Benoit and an Eddie Guerrero. So, I mean, um, and I think it rings true today with some a lot of the smaller guys that we see, you know, being showcased on WWE, like a Johnny Gargano, a Tommaso Ciampa, yeah. you know, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, who were pretty much labeled as garbage wrestlers on the independent scene, and now look at them. Sami Zayn is probably the most popular guy in WWE currently. So, is he really? I'm glad to hear that. I think so. I mean, the stuff he's doing with the Bloodline has been tremendous. I haven't watched SmackDown in probably six months. I have no yeah. opinion. Yeah, that, that's, that, to me... I don't know. I mean, I think that's the better show. And plus, your boy Bray Wyatt's on there. I so. know. You think I'll be watching it, but I'm really yeah. not. One, two, three. Look at that. Oh, wow. Nice finish. Benoit with a quick win. His, his, feet, oh, were his feet were definitely under the ropes, on yeah. the ropes, um, and all that good stuff. So, Benoit would get the title shot to face Kurt Angle at the Royal Rumble, defeating the big show, foiling the plan of um, Paul Heyman, Kurt Angle, and Big Show to have a all Heyman guy. Royal Rumble title match, main event. And it looks like we're going to see... Oh, should have rolled out of the ring, Ben. Yep. Should have licked your wounds in the locker room instead of celebrating, because now you are in for it. Choke slam. Get the heat back. Maybe we get a dick kick. Nice. No, we already have Oh, there we go. Cross face. Look at that. And he taps quickly. All right. Look at that. So he's tapping now. Why couldn't he do that during the match? 
I don't know. <laughs> but now we see Team Angle doing the bidding for Kurt Angle. There we close go. Out. Let's play the audio of this. We close out this uh, this watch along here. That does it. The end of this watch along here. What did you think? That was a fucking awesome episode of yeah. SmackDown. A little, uh, little blast from the past there. Uh, the roulette wheel chose SmackDown uh, from December of 2002. We chose the day after Christmas episode. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Got another one coming up. Uh, next recording. Another uh, Secret Santa watch along for all of you. So be on the lookout for that. But I think it's about that time that we officially put this show down for the three count. And we'll see you all next time.